On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Grindhouse Girls friends and fam. When comedian and writer Mishna Wolf became part of Ubisoft's fellowship program, she was thrilled. She loved video games and loved the freedom that Ubisoft gave when it came to creativity. The entire access to all their intellectual properties was a big perk too. She ended up vibing with two games and approached the company with two different treatments for two different games. However, It was the treatment for Werewolves Within that was the clear winner that everyone loved. Mishna got to writing. Then, Ubisoft found a director in Josh Rubin. After seeing his feature film Scared Me and filming begin in 2020. Released in 2021 at the Tribeca Film Festival, Werewolves Within opened to generally positive reviews and has the current honor as of February 2024 of being the highest rated film based on video game on both Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. So, be careful who you trust and make your own damn sandwich. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast, and we're covering Werewolves Within, which is wintry and fun. Yeah. And honestly, we didn't even consider this for Black History Month, but has a very strong male black lead, which I thought was really fun. And features Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows, Harvey Guillen. And uh, I wanted to say before I forget, it's currently streaming on Hulu. Yes. But yeah, the reason it actually has Guillermo in it is because the casting director for this movie is the casting director for What We Do in the Shadows TV show. So so I thought that was pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, she actually recommended him for that particular role. Uh, the other thing I thought was really cool that Josh Rubin did, and I don't know if you saw this in your studying of the film, Katie, but basically he was like, he casted some of his friends, and I feel so bad. I already forgot who's the AT&T girl's name. Oh, goodness. Milana Vaintrub. Yes, he cast her and then like another of his buddy and he was like, he asked Harvey, he was like, hey, you know, who would you like to play your husband? And him and Cheyenne have worked on Broadway together years yeah, ago. Yeah, Cheyenne's like, a big Broadway him. person. Yeah, and I thought that was like so cute. So he he kind of essentially allowed a lot of his like crew to pick their own spouses so they would be comfortable and they would have That's, natural chemistry I mean, with them. They do a good job. I think everyone who's coupled off has really good chemistry in this movie. There's actually some pretty cool people 
in this movie. I, of course, like being someone who has a musical theater background, seeing Cheyenne Jackson. And it's funny because you know him as like Broadway, but like Taylor instantly is like, oh, that's the guy from American Horror Story. Because pretty he much is. he's like in every American Horror Story season yeah, now. Yeah, he's American Horror Story and 30 Rock. He had like a good stint on 30 Rock too. And I didn't realize, I know he's in that show Call Me Cat with Amy Farrah Fowler from The Big Bang Theory, blanking on her name. But uh, he was also in Behind the Candelabra, which was oh, yeah. that... Liberace movie, but um, he's he's a very pretty man. Yeah, he's like, very he's beautiful. Beautiful smile, chiseled chin, super tall. Um, but I was really excited because Guillermo's in it. But also, like, so the main character is played by. We're just I don't know. I think the cast is one of the most fascinating parts about this movie. Yeah, the cast is really cute. It's like really cool. Cast. So yeah. you've got um the AT and T spokesperson who's Milana Van Trubb. So fun fact about her name. Cecily Moore is her character. The video game Werewolves Within is a game that I wanted to get for my PSVR, but never did. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because I was trying to watch some playthroughs to see what the game is. And basically, it's just you're sitting in a circle playing the game Mafia where you're trying to, like, decide who the the person is, the Mafia person is. Or, like, when you're trying to, like, murder, like, that game where you just sit around and, like, basically everyone tries to convince the other person that they're not the werewolf in this game. So honestly, like fun party game, but kind of like, why would I pay for VR money to do that? You know what I mean? Well, the trailer for the video game I watched, and it was like a bunch of different people from Ubisoft playing the game from all over the the world. And they were all like, oh, this girl Cece did the best. Cause she's like, she has like a really cutesy voice. And she was just like, Oh, actually, I was the werewolf the whole time. You know, she doesn't sound quite that cutesy. It's more like me when I'm being, like, especially Valley Girl. And so, like, I was like, I wonder if they named Cecily after that de- that uh, developer. Because I was like, she was the one that, you know, like, was in it. And I was like, that's interesting. Maybe not, but um, I just thought that was interesting. But you've got her, yeah. and then you've also got Sam Richardson who just won an Emmy for a guest spot on Ted Lasso. So he's also on the show, I think you should leave, with Tim Robinson, because they're best friends, and they've been best friends for years. They grew up in Detroit together, and they both won an Emmy on the same night this past year, which I think is fucking adorable. Um, And they also, like, all of their Instagram posts are basically, like, their projects, but most of their Instagram posts are, like, happy birthday to my best friend. And, like, Aww. it's, like, it's really fucking adorable. Um, but he plays the host of, like, the strong baby, like, the weird award ceremony skits. And he's been a bunch of, like, little parts in the skits. And they also co-created a show called Detroiters. And I think he's the husband in Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. But there's a, yeah, there's a ton of really cool actors in this. A lot of them have done voice parts on Robot Chicken, which is, I thought was interesting. Or, like, did stand-up comedy, too, which makes sense. Because this is mostly a comedy with some horror thrown in. Oh, and also, Sam Richardson was on Veep, which is, like, a really funny political show where Julia Louis-Dreyfus is the vice president, and then she becomes the president because the current president steps down. And then she's just, like... It's just, like, the inner workings of, like, the Oval Office... But, like, not like how the West Wing does it. Like, showing how stupid politicians are and how people are stupid. And it's very funny. If you like political comedy. If you don't, you might not think it's funny. But, yeah. 
This movie, it's it's a horror comedy. It has an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I was like, that's impressive for a horror movie. Yeah, it is like really impressive for a horror movie. And that's what, uh, since you brought up the Ubisoft game, I did want to like bring it up that there's nothing really in common with this movie and the original game because like the original game is like set in medieval time. Yeah. And this movie's like set in modern time. I did read in an interview that uh, Josh Rubin said the one thing that she really wanted to take was like the art of manipulation and manipulated play- game playing tactics. So I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting that it was it's like she kind of said in her interview with Deli Dead. That's what she was like. Yeah, Ubisoft is really, really great because they didn't want me just to create a literal game adaptation. They gave me a lot of creativity to create something that I would think would be interesting. And I thought that was kind of cool. She seems pretty cool. Pretty She's written a lot of like books, too. She's like a she was like a novelist first. Well, she was like a comedian before she yeah. was anything else. And then it was her novel that she wrote that got like really, really big. It won, I forgot what kind of awards it won, but it won multiple awards. It's called I'm Down, which I guess basically she was like, my understanding is her parents, I guess, were like separated and her father lived in like a predominantly black neighborhood. And he, even though they were white, he like integrated really easily. He wanted her to. So she was like living like kind of these this twofold life of like being with like a white mom with like, I guess like a white neighborhood and then like a white dad in a black neighborhood is my understanding. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah, but the book got a lot of accolades. So I guess that kind of like put, she was a comedian, but then that kind of put her on the map even further when Mm -hmm. she wrote that book. Well, the other stuff she's written is... What was it called? Wolf Like Me, which is a TV series about werewolves. <laughs> I was like, she's got a she's got a thing. Who who is in that one? Is Isla Fisher and someone I think so. else? And Josh Gad, one. maybe? I think yes, it's Josh I Gad think, and Isla Fisher. I feel like you're right that it's Josh Gad, because is it is it is it a Peacock original? show or it, i think it might be peacock yeah, yeah i think you're right because i thought it was funny because it's literally about a werewolf and the, they're promoting the second season really heavily right now and she's yes. like pregnant she's pregnant in the second season so yes. i guess werewolf baby is coming maybe yeah, i don't know apparently. i never watched the show before um weirdly she was also married to mark Marin. he's like a comedian Apparently he was emotionally abusive and he characterized his own behavior as that so at least i guess he uh I guess he talked about their divorce on his one man's show, Scorching the Earth. Um, but then she got remarried and has two kids. So, good for her. But I did think it was interesting to have a female writer. And Sam Richardson, too, got into producing this movie. So, like, he was the first... Not the... I mean, he was, like, the big casting, I think. Because, like, he's been, like, kind of steadily working for a long time. He does a lot of voice work, too. A lot of these actors also do a lot of voice work. Like, I think he was on BoJack Horseman for a couple episodes. So there's a lot of, like, comedians and a lot of people who have, like, I've seen before in, like, small parts of other movies. And I was like, oh, I recognize that face. But, like, they were, I don't want to say not famous enough, but, like, unknown enough that I could buy them as these quirky characters, which I think is a strong point of this movie. There's a lot of quirky characters. If you like Twin Peaks kind of stuff you'd probably like this because it's a quirky little town and that's kind of like the whole thing about Twin Peaks is like oh there's a terrible murder but also this town is quirky and fun and everyone likes coffee and pies yeah 
And they're definitely playing like they're like archetypes too, because it's like there's like yeah. a political divide. There's like a pipeline they're trying to run for the town, and of course, like a lot of the people are like, "Well, we really need the money. The money would be great." And then like the rich liberals are like, "No, we love the views." Well, there's the rich Republicans who are like, "I want to be richer too." Yeah, that's and they true. have like their foe. It's not a Trump sign, but it's obviously like a nod to that, like. The hippies took our sign down again. And I was like, this is a very tiny town and I haven't seen a single hippie. See, I identify most with probably like Janine in the movie. I so love she's, Janine. I do too. She's just the innkeeper, you know, and I think she just, I think she likes nature. I think she likes her in the way it is. And I'm like, yeah, I can respect that. I would be that person too. Also, she's a little, she's a little Kathy Bates from Misery. Like they dress her very similar to Annie Wilkes. And then at some point she says cock-a-doody, and I was like, oh, is she going to be Annie Wilkes? But not not really, but I like yeah. that they had some nods to, like, horror movies. I was like, oh, okay. Ooh. Oh, and in my research, though, I feel bad because, like, I – obviously I have a I have a tongue issue sometimes where I don't always pronounce things really well, even if I could hear them in my head. So the N is the spilling – S-P-I-A-S-P-I-L-L-I-A-N, S-P-I-L-L-I-A-N, and it's in Fleischkins, New York. Fleischmann. 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 Because it's Fleischmann's yeast. Yeah. It's those people. Yeah. And it's in Fleischmann's, New York. And so I thought it was cool because uh, Josh's, Josh Rubin, the director, his fiance found this location. And it's actually like a wedding venue. Yeah. So that beautiful building is like a wedding venue. I thought that was a really cool thing. And it's like a historic building because the Fleischmann family, I guess, used to own it. Or used Mm -hmm. to live there. And so now it's like the Fleischmann. By the way, Janine's played by Catherine Curtin, who won a SAG award because she was one of the guards on Orange is the New Black. Yes. I actually remember her on Orange is the New Black. I didn't get that far into the season. And she's Dustin's mom on Stranger Things. Yeah. She's, like, a great character actress. I feel she like really she has is. one of those faces that as soon as you see her, you recognize her face. Yeah. That's what I was immediately like, I know that lady. Her yeah. and um, the woman who plays Trisha, the Republican lady who crafting is her. Yeah. She's like, crafting is my, is my passion, and here is my little dog, who is my other passion, because her husband's unfaithful. Michaela Watkins plays her. She's in You Hurt My Feelings, which, by yeah. the way, is finally streaming if y'all on Paramount Plus if y'all want to watch it. And she's done a lot of voices on Robot Chicken and Big Mouth. And I was like, oh, okay. I've definitely, I was like, I saw her face in the You Hurt My Feelings trailer like 80,000 times. Yeah. Uh, I think the only people we didn't mention is Michael Chernus, who plays Pete, who's the creepy unfaithful republican husband of trish and he was in spider-man homecoming he was also in orange is the new black um and he's also been in the dead ringer series which i started didn't finish and he's currently on severance which is an apple tv plus show i need to watch but apple tv plus is really sketchy when you don't have an apple device i am learning like it makes you sign in like eighty thousand times so it took me forever to watch Killers of the Flower Moon because Oof. of that. And then, and then it was so fucking long. But I will eventually watch it. And that's oh, and what... Sarah Burns is Gwen. Oh, yeah. I was about to say Glenn Flesher as Flint Emerson, too. Yes. He's been on... He was in Joker. Billions, True Detective, and Barry. 
And then Sarah Burns is Gwen, who apparently she started her acting career as Barney the dinosaur. Oh, not really sure, but not on the cool. TV show. But on the, so maybe she just played him like on stage or something. Because like I don't know, I didn't see it on her like IMDb, but it was part of her trivia. And then she also uh, performed with Upright Citizens Brigade in New York, which is Amy Poehler was in Upright Citizens Brigade. A lot of people. It's like a comedy troupe. Um, but she was also on Barry. ton of other stuff. George Basil plays her husband, Marcus, who's kind of dim-witted, and he's like, he's just like waving guns around. Kind of local tr- white, I mean, sorry, white trash. Um, I'm a white person. I can say that. I'm just kidding. It's mean, but he, I mean, he's kind of that stereotypical kind of rednecky guy, which is weird because they're in Vermont, and I always forget that people that don't live in the South also have rednecks, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then Wayne Duvall is Sam Parker, the oil guy who wants to build a pipeline in the town, who has been in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and Lincoln. We have to mention the real star, though, which is Ritz plays Chachi, the dog. Oh, Chachi. Yeah, the real the real MVP here. Trish loves Chachi. Chachi, uh, Chachi does not survive this movie, so just but so you thank know. God, thank God you don't see, like, a dog body or anything no. like that. You do see, like, the tatter collar. Uh, but it's not like a gruesome, violent dog death. So the thing that bothered me was so minor spoilers. Uh, it's not a real spoiler, but we've already told you Chachi doesn't live. Trish, his owner, is like, "Oh, he's my baby. I love him." But like, she's like, "Oh, let's go pee during a snowstorm," and he has like a little doggy door, and so she puts his leash on him, but then just lets him go out the doggy door and doesn't go out with him. And I'm like. Being the owner of a small dog, I hardly ever let Gizmo go outside unattended. And the part of our yard that is fully fenced in, like, there are windows all along the wall. So, like, I can see him if I don't want to go out with him. But generally, I do. But, you know, um, it is it is what it is. Um, I will say, like, I think if you haven't heard of this movie, I think a lot of it has to do with when it was released because they literally like wrapped filming like the day before the pandemic hit in 2020. And then like they released it in June of 2021. But like I'm remembering back then and it was like still like people had only had vaccines for like six months and things were still, like, kind of opening up. Because it took, like, what, two months to get fully vaccinated, I think? Like, you got your first shot, and then you had to wait, like, four weeks and then get yeah, that sounds another right. shot. And so, like, <laughs> I don't know about everywhere else, but in Alabama, we had, like, a 49% vaccination rate, which was terrible. So, I feel like that might have a lot to do with the fact that, like, it didn't have a huge box office, but then it also went straight to on-demand on July 2nd, because that was, like, people were going and doing outdoor activities, but, like, nobody wanted to do indoor activities. Like, nobody wanted to, like, go sit in a theater Which wasn't the same proximity. with Wolf of, Wasn't the same with, like, Wolf of Snow Hollow, where it yeah. was, like, a limited release and then on VOD a week later? Yeah. Yeah. But, um... I think it's it's a fun movie. I think it, it's pretty, like, basic, but yeah. a lot of people have compared it to Clue, but with werewolves. And I was like, I can see that because you've got a bunch of quirky characters 
And the only thing, like, I, I feel like I wouldn't say it's, like, Clue is because they're not all, like, locked in a house the whole time. They're in a small town, which is a little bit different. But it is, it's very snowy and very wintry. And it takes place in Vermont, which I've never been to, but I know it snows a lot there. And there's a lot of maple syrup created there, which uh, I think the Trish and her husband own, like, the maple syrup factory or something there. And she, like, taps somebody. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah. Literally. Do we do we want to get into uh, spoilers? I think the only person yeah. we didn't really get into was the director, Josh Rubin. But I didn't really see much about him specifically. He directed the comedy horror film Scare Me, and he also yeah. plays, I think, the lead character Fred in that movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much his thing. Now, his background, let's see. He did a lot of college humor sketches. Yeah, a movie coming up called Green Bank is currently in pre-production, and uh, he was in the comedy group Dutch West with his childhood friend Sam Reich. And yeah, and that led him to being hired at College Humor. So that's actually his big, if you look at his IMBD, he directed over 48 episodes of College Humor Originals, which hey. I used to love College Humor when we were in college. That's what I'll say is that like, even though like, so this is his second movie and he's pre-production on a third, like he does have a lot of directing under his belt with all those yeah. shorts. It's a good looking movie. The movie looks really like professional and like very well shot and like obviously he knew what he was doing um as far as directing goes so like it it's it's very interesting but do we want to put on spoilers so we can get to the down and dirty absolutely perfect so go watch it on hulu before we brit does the rundown and we do spoilers yeah so uh once again it's on hulu and this is the rundown Forest Ranger Finn is looking to make a fresh start in Bieberfield, Vermont, a small town with a quirky cast of locals that he's assigned to. While those same locals butt heads over a proposed pipeline, it becomes apparent that there is a killer among them, and within the end that they all gather in on a snowy night. Dun dun dun! dun, 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 dun. First of all, spoilers. Second of all, was it just me or was there like super cute music used at the beginning and the end? There was like yeah. a lot of cool music in this movie. Yeah, there was a song I'd never heard before and now I'm like completely blank. I should have wrote it down, but it was, was like Was it the beginning or the end? Yeah, it's na 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 na. Like it's like about a prankster and they keep like doing pranks to like their yeah. neighbors and friends and stuff and it's like na 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 na. And not to be confused with My Chemical Romance, nah, 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 nah. It's not that one. Not that one. Because <laughs> if it was My Kim, I would know it instantly. This is like an old, like, vintage-sounding song. Yeah, which makes sense because it's kind of like an old, like, town kind of stuck in its ways. We, in the very beginning, we do know there is, like, a werewolf. We don't see the werewolf, but we do see its first victim, which is a guy. He has a gold wedding band on. He he takes off his wedding mm-hmm. band, so we know he's like maybe a cheater or something like that. And he's yeah. he's dragged off camera and killed. And he does reach ah. out towards this beautiful end that we see, which is of course Janine's end. So we do yeah. like know the end is going to be like a backdrop to all of this that's happening. So we meet Finn, and he's like aggressively polite. I will put like not in a creepy way. But he's just like, he's like, gee golly. And which I kind of like that that was kind of a quirk. And he he's in this like town, very, uh, again, very Twin Peaks. So he's like this, he's a ranger. And he is, he has a girlfriend, but he says they're not quite broken up. But they are, they're like on a break. 
And it's obvious that, like, uh, <laughs> she basically wants to break up with him, but she's trying to do it nicely. And he doesn't want to break up, um, but he's trying to, like, learn how to be more assertive. And so basically because this pipeline's been proposed in this small town, um, half the town is for it and half is against it. And they have to have a unanimous vote one way or the other. So, or they have to have a unanimous vote, unanimous vote to get it through. So that's the big conflict is, like, Half the town is like, we want paychecks, but then, like, Janine and a couple of the other people are not into that. So he gets to this little inn, and the only people there that he meets, he meets Janine and the guy who's, the Sam, who's the guy with the oil stuff. Um, He hears about Dr. Ellis, who writes him a letter, who's, like, an ecologist um, who's staying there as well, because she's against the pipeline. And then he meets... The male person of the town, which is Cecily. And the reason, I didn't want to spoil it completely, but the reason I think Cecily might be named after that CC lady who was a developer for the game is because, spoilers, uh, Cecily seems very sweet and kind and funny and the perfect match for awkward, overly polite Finn, but she's hiding something. And I think this is probably my favorite plot twist, although I kind of saw it coming for the script, is that she ends up being the thing, the threat. Can I just say it? She's the werewolf. She's the werewolf, and there's a bunch of hints that she's the werewolf. Like, the fact that Harvey Guillen's character, um, shit, what's his character's name? Joaquin, 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 who grew up in South America and then he moves to America and he was like, well, there was a rumor that or like a folklore that the seventh child in every family, they would kill them because they were werewolves. And she's the seventh child in her family. And like everyone's like, where's this mail I haven't gotten? Where are these parts for this snowplow so I can get out of town? And she's like, hasn't come yet. And she knows everybody's business. And she's also the only person that says that Janine's husband ran off with someone because she started the rumor. But basically, she's been faking being a sweet, nice person because she was like, I knew there was going to be a snowstorm and I could basically have all of my meals on ice for all winter. And I was like, oh, that's terrifying. It makes me sad, though, because it's like she manipulates Finn because there's like a great scene in... I was watching this with Taylor and I instantly had to look at him and smile because ever since Taylor was little, one of his favorite songs has been uh, The Sign by Asa Bass. But there's like this great like, so she takes him, I guess, into like this pub and she turns on all the lights and stuff and she's like, pick a song. And he picks The Sign by Asa Bass and she comes mm-hmm. out and she's like dancing. He almost sees her like in a slow-mo kind of. Yeah. So it's like very like rom-com almost. Yeah. And she like reads Walden and she seems like really interested in him. So I kind of <laughs> wish like, I think it was like a cool twist that she was like the the werewolf, but I kind of wish that she was still like legitimately into him and also yeah. the werewolf before just being like, yeah, no, I faked it all. Who <laughs> you think like any girl would be that perfect that she likes kombucha and you know, I was well, like, well, that's I think it shitty. was all of the things, you know, it's like when someone fits it too well, it's like someone should compliment you. But if like they like everything that you like, I would always be suspicious. That sounds terrible. I mean, I would say both you and I 
Like, Taylor and you have similar interests, but you are not similar people. I would not. Like, you guys are good compliments to each other. I think Scott and I compliment each other very well, but there's things about us that are complete opposite. And see, I love the... I love the romantics and particularly like the first generation romantics like Samuel Taylor Coleridge, which that's the thing. It's like they write a lot about nature and I never put two and two together. I just happen to like the poems like the rhyme of the ancient mariner. It's like a whole like thing that people like read Walden and take it to the woods, which is very like cliche. But I mean, he's also a forest park ranger. He spends all his time in the woods. He really likes being in the woods. Like, I, of course he likes that, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. What I kind of liked about this movie, too, was that um, it gets, like, very graphically violent kind of towards the end of the movie. But it's, like, it's, like, comedic violence. So it's not, like, you're just, like, ugh. Like, you know, like, oh, that hurts. But you're not, like, horrified and disgusted, like... There may be, like, fingers getting bitten off or, like, there's, like, someone that gets shot, someone that gets run over, uh, someone that gets put in a fire. I wish they had gone a little further with it, though. Yeah, but you know what's interesting is that, realistically, like, Cicely really doesn't do any of the killing. It's kind of, like, reminds me of the monsters are due on Maple Street, like, you know, the uh, old um, Twilight Zone episode. It's like, yeah, she may be orchestrating it to a degree, but it's not really her. They're all turning on right. each other out of their fear. Well, that's what she said. She's like, this town is perfect because everyone's at each other's throat. Anyways, I barely had to do anything. Yeah. Which is sad, honestly. I, okay, the one, like, because we're kind of already in pros and cons. Because this movie doesn't have a lot of plot. It's just kind of like, who's the werewolf? Which is like what the video game is. Which is maybe why there's not a ton to talk about. It's not a complicated movie. But it is a fun watch. And there are a lot of funny parts in it. So it was a good laugh. But I kind of wish... Like, I'm disappointed that they never showed Janine's husband's corpse. They kept almost showing it and they didn't. And, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like there were some moments that it could have been, like, a shock laugh kind of thing. Which I personally like. When there's just, like, random gore, especially with a character like Finn, who's so nice and so, like, I wouldn't say innocent, but he is a little naive. Like, kind of naive. Like, I think it would have been funnier if he had, like, gone full mask off kind of thing. And, like, and like maybe, like, resumed back to being, like, a good person. But I, I don't know. I feel like it was kind of, like, it either needed to be a little more slapstick or a little more gory. Like, I feel like... Wolf of Snow Hollow went more gory. Yeah. And I, I kind of enjoyed that one a little better. If we're talking about werewolf movies in the snow. Or they could have gone the reanimator route where it was just over the top and kind of just corny and hokey. And they already had corny characters. So I was kind of like, I I don't know. I feel like they were kind of trying to play it safe. And it, for me, like, I really enjoyed watching the movie but, like, when it was over, I was like, oh, that was cute. But that's kind of all I felt. That's kind of the feeling that we had, too. Like, I enjoyed it. I would say the cast is a real standout just because they do mm-hmm. have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. But I, if I didn't know that this was a comedian writing this, I, would t- I could tell that this was a comedian because at times it felt like a skit. Like, it felt yes. like this could have been, like, a, a, like a 15-minute skit at some point, you yes. know? Yeah, there wasn't, like, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, stakes. Yeah. And, like, once people started getting killed, it happened a lot. Honestly, it also was kind of hard to figure out 
who the werewolf was because honestly they didn't provide a lot of opportunities for everyone to be the werewolf and those are the kinds of movies I like where like like when you watch Clue which Clue is one of my favorite movies of all time so I've seen it a lot so maybe I pick up on it because I've watched it so many times but there's certain parts where like you can figure out who the possible killers are because only a couple people aren't in scenes. But they don't point it out to you. But if you pay attention, you're like, oh, Mrs. Peacock wasn't in this scene. Colonel Mustard wasn't in this scene until, like, this point. So they would have time to kill this person when, you know. I, I, I didn't really have those opportunities in this movie. And that's probably one of my favorite parts of, like, murder mysteries. Is that, like, trying to figure out who the killer is on your own. This one was kind of like, I don't know. It's anybody. And I still can't figure out how she bit Pete's hand off and then was, like, right there with no blood. You know? Like, yeah. there were some logical uh, logical plot holes that I was kind of like, eh. I just wish, like, there had been more clues and more possibilities of killers. Like, I thought Pete was probably the most likely suspect, but then immediately he gets attacked. And I was kind of like, I wish he had been, like, attacked later on. But all in all, fun movie. I think it was very um, well acted, like we said, and it was really funny. And there were a lot of like little winks and nods to like different horror things. And it's it's nice to have a new werewolf movie. We did um, werewolf movies for Halloween, and I think it was nice to have some new ones. I do feel like Wolf of Snow Hollow, if I'm going to compare the two, because they're both wintry horror comedies about werewolves, I definitely think Wolf of Snow Hollow is the more complete film. Yeah, well, Wolf of Snow Hollow is, like, very dark humor. Like, it's, like... Like, there is humor in it, but it's also mostly unsettling and very bleak. Uh, And this is definitely more, like, slapstick, more, like, um, skit humor... Uh, there's, yeah. you can tell there's a lot of improv going on in this movie too. Yeah. I keep coming back to like, oh, it's cute. Like, you know, it was a cute movie. Like I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say like, I felt like I wasted my time watching this movie. I just don't think like there was any kind of epiphany of something like greater watching it. Yeah. It was just fun. Yeah. I also like, there were questions I had, like besides like there were plot holes about Cecily being the werewolf. Cause like, it didn't really make sense that. She was covered in blood in the flashback to eating Pete's hand. Mm -hmm. But then, like, she was immediately there fully dressed and clean, like, in the the hallway uh, scene. Uh, They're also, like, the pipeline guy, Sam, like, did he kill Dr. Ellis or not? We never really got an answer for that. I, I also feel like I hated that Harvey Gian's character died, Joaquin died. Yeah. When he was the only one who actually figured out who the werewolf was, and then uh, Finn talked him out of it. I did like that the hermit came back. Yeah. And ended up uh, talking about Mr. Rogers. Yeah, that was cute. He was like, I'm being a good friend like Mr. Rogers. Also, the fact that he didn't know who Mr. Rogers was, and he was like... Prince Friday or King Friday. That was cute. And I like the setting. I like that it was like wintry and like fun and it was cool. But yeah, I guess like it was nice to have a movie where there was like romantic chemistry, but then like they were kind of moving too fast anyways. And for him to like have the realization that, hey, maybe I don't just fall head over heels for like the first person who shows me attention. Yeah. Because it kind of sounds like maybe that's how his first relationship was. But again, I would have liked them to delve deeper into his relationship issues. 
you know, and that be his journey. Instead, it was kind of like, just like everything was like kind of like 75% there, but just kind of lacking. Yeah. Like he didn't really have a plot line except he was polite. But he got a little tougher, but yet he was still, like, polite again because he, like, apologizes for saying fuck. And I was like, I just wish he had kind of changed a little bit. Probably the person who had the most dynamic shift in personality was Cecily. But. Because she seems nice and she's actually bad. I do like how Finn almost, like, realized that being nice was, like, his superpower. Like, you know, like, he's like, there's nothing wrong with being nice. And I'm like. That's true, because it's like, you know, he's a yeah. nice guy, that's who he is, and it's like, he's like the, he's like the most grounded character, and he's the voice of reason, and there's really nothing wrong with that, so I did kind of like that aspect, actually, about his character, is that he found out it was okay to be nice. Yeah, but he didn't change his character, which made him not very dynamic, and I want a main character to be dynamic and to change. And I don't think he went through a big enough change to make it interesting, if that makes sense. If he stays Mr. Nice Guy, then he then why did he have this experience from a plot point? You know what I mean? Why? Because that's the whole point of, like, the main character should have, like, some kind of, like, change. But he did, like... That's why we're telling the story. But he was, like, a nice guy who didn't stand up for himself. But at the end, he's the nice guy yeah. that still stands up for himself. Um, but this one's definitely, like, if you, like, have, like... It's not, like, the most family-friendly movie, but it's not crazy inappropriate. I would let my 13-year-old nephew watch this for sure. Yeah, Yeah. I think that would be fine. Yeah, Yeah. I think a 13-year-old could watch this movie. There's, It just depends on your child and your parenting style because everybody's different, you know. But, I mean, like, it's, it's, I would say, like, this would be safer to watch with the family than Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, Do you have a rating for it out of 10? I do. uh, I gave it, like, a 6.5. I almost gave it a seven. I just was like, ah, oh, it's, you know, it's cute. I liked it. Wasn't anything to write home about, but I didn't have a bad time either. Me too. I gave it a 6.5 as well. Yeah. Did you have a, um, a Grindhouse Girls rating for uh, it? Oh, I had a hard time, like, writing, because I had a bunch of, like, Me single too. words, but I had a hard time coming up yeah. with, uh, Sandwiches. Yeah. I kept trying to think of something to do with sandwiches, but I was just like... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I have one. So, uh, rated... S for sandwiches, snowstorms, and seeing the signs. Oh, I like that one. That's awesome. I love that song. The only one I had was rated L for letters, lycanthropes, and lonely hearts. Oh, that's cute too. I like the sandwiches one though, because I like the end. Yeah, I do too. Thing. I like the end with Janine. Like, yeah. Okay, we'll do rated S because I like Janine. I like Janine. She was probably my favorite character. I'm glad she survived. Me too. Because I was just saying, like, where's Janine? She's my favorite part. And then she came in and, like, killed the werewolf. Fix your like, That's cool. Fix your own damn sandwich. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I know. It was a little bit like, why are Finn and, and the hermit being like, oh, Janine can fix his sandwiches? I was like, misogyny. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, fix your own sandwich. I was like, okay. There you wow. go. Awesome. And next week, so I, by the way, completely blanked that I had to pick a movie next week, but I was scrolling through my prime stuff and, or like my watch list. Um, and I was like, oh, this is streaming now. And it actually, it's a movie that takes place, I think, in the summer, but it's kind of a similar idea where people are locked in a house, but it's it's a horror comedy because we will be talking about a lot of serious movies because it's Oscar season. Um, And we thought this would be like a good like palate cleanser in between all of our Oscar talk. 
So, and it's Black History Month, and this is primarily a movie about um, a group of uh, black friends who um, experience, like, horror movie stuff. And I don't know if y'all know about it, but I saw the commercial for it last year and went to go see it, and I missed it. And so it is streaming now on Stars, and it's called The Blackening. And and the and the catchphrase is we can't all die first. Yeah. Which I think is very funny. Um and it's by Tim Story is the director and the writers are Tracy Oliver and Dwayne Perkins. And it's basically some friends go on I think on Juneteenth weekend and they're trapped in a cabin and someone starts killing them all. But the whole thing is like it's it kind of reminded me of like scary movie 2. Where, like, they were, and Scary Movie, where they're, like, pointing out, like, the flaws in horror movies. Like, the part where, like, they all try to split up, but, like, the three black characters are like, no, because then one of us is going to die first. Because, you know, in horror movies, for a very long time, if there was a black person in the movie, that character was going to die first. And it was, like, it's just, like, you know... The, the virgin is going to be the one who's the final girl and all this stuff. It's like, it's like a cliche. So I'm curious. This looks like social commentary. And it also looks really fucking hilarious. I hope we're, I hope I'm right. Because I have not seen it. It has a 6 out of 10 on IMDb. So okay. I don't know. Um, but yeah. But with that, so watch The Blackening on Hulu. Not Hulu. On Stars, And then we'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands your vitamins and be good to one another and watch some fun movies uh spay to know your pets i'll always remember to say that take yes. care of yourselves and one another we love you guys thank you so much for listening uh thank you again everyone that likes our posts comments recommends new movies for us to watch we appreciate each and every one of you and as always yes. we just look forward to seeing you next time same spooky time same spooky channel Yes, yeah, stay spoopy, so, y'all. Bye. 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 The Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale, 
and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.